0: Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. We're kicking off a brand new sermon series today. Come on, you're here for it. You didn't miss it. And, uh, and it's called This Is That. This Is That. Have you ever ordered something and you thought it would look different than what it showed up? Come on. You, you know, you ordered it in your size, and it's not fitting at all because it was from Forever 21, and those people are like stick figures. I don't know what 34 means in their language. But, you know, the truth is sometimes we order things, and it looks differently. If you order something off the menu, and you go, I want that, and you point to the picture, and you say, I want that, and it comes out looking nothing like what the picture showed. Come on, you've been in a restaurant you're like you're that they did not do the same thing and so this is that acts 2 we're going to jump straight in acts 2 we're going to read verse 12 through 16 i'm going to kind of set up this series acts 2 verse 12 through 16 and it says this they stood there amazed and perplexed what can this mean they asked each other but others in the crowd ridiculed them saying they're just drunk that's all come on you ever have people in your life that uh they they seem like they're drunk all the time my my wife is that person she's kind of one of these all-in people and, and actually we were at a uh, a wedding and uh Anyways, we're we're at this wedding and, and and you know we're my wife just likes to have fun and so she and I love that about her. She's having a good time and she's laughing and she's loud and she's celebrating and she's she's having a great time. She's dancing, come on, and she's she's having a good time. And finally a lady looked over at her and goes, Oh my gosh, are you drunk? And Krista goes, No, I hadn't had anything to drink. This is the way I am all the time. Come on. So that's what's happening here. They say that's just they're just drunk. That's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully. All of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about it. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Some of you are like, no, it's not. (laughs) Some of you are like, I've been drunk earlier, I'm just... You need Jesus. Amen? (laughs) Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Then I love this. This is the whole premise of the verse. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. But this, come on, look at your neighbor. Say, this is that. This is that. You know, here's what's amazing about this whole passage of Scripture, and just as I set this up, is because here they are in Jerusalem, and what we are literally seeing here is the birth of the church. We're seeing the church, what we call church today, being born. It looked different. And and, and everybody in this place was always waiting for God to show up. They were waiting on the second coming. Come on. And Jesus showed up and he didn't look like what they expected him to look like. And so they missed it. And now, then, the birth of the church is happening, and, and and everybody's just assuming they can't explain it. It doesn't look like what they thought it was going to look like, and so they say, you know what? This this they're just drunk, or or come on, they begin to ridicule it. And I'm here to tell you right now that there's a lot of times if you're not careful, you will miss God because you have him uh, branded in your mind, or it's labeled different, or you think it's going to come in a different package. And I'm telling you right now that God shows up in the midst of your moments and just because it looks different you think it's not him and that's exactly what happens in this passage they've been waiting on God to birth a church they've been waiting on God's Holy Spirit and the glory to come and here it shows up and it looks different than what they think and so they think this is not it but I'm here to tell you this is that this is what you've been waiting on sometimes we miss God See, here's the thing is, there's some of you that you pray and you ask God. Let me just give you an example of this. You pray and you ask God for a promotion. Come on, God, I need a a pay raise. I need something to pay for these babies. They're expensive. Come on, the kids are expensive. And so I need need a pay raise and I'm believing God. Uh, Lord, just give me a good pay raise. I need this. And actually the opposite happens and you get laid off. Come on. But because you get laid off, You're able to apply for another job, and that job has better pay, better benefits, a better boss, better work environment, and all of these things. And you think that it showed up because you're good. But the truth is, is God gave it to you. It just looked different than what you thought it was going to look like. You thought it was going to look like a pay raise at your current job, but God showed up and said, no, you don't understand. The Bible says that I'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask, think, or imagine. A pay raise wasn't good enough because I love you and I wanted to show up in your life and give you better benefits and give you more vacation time and give you a better boss. See, you got to understand this is that. Sometimes we miss that because we expect it to be something completely different. Amen. So today I want to talk to you about something that we often misunderstand as a church and that is praise and worship. Praise and worship. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man, they've come to hear a word from you. So Lord, right now, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said. You know, a lot of people are confused by praise and worship. I I, I get asked, you know, there's sometimes that people will come in and they'll say, you know what, Brian, I really like your preaching. Thank you. Thank you very much. But you know, that singing is, it's just not my thing. So that's why you show up five, ten minutes late, you know, because you can handle a couple of minutes of it. But but you know, it's just not really my thing. And, and and I get you get asked the question of why is it so long? Can I just tell you we don't have long worship here at the church? I can take you somewhere where it's long. Where I'm even sitting there like, All right, Jesus, you're good. I need to sit down, you know. They they say I can't stop praising his name, and they can't stop praising. His name, it goes on and on and on. And uh, and and here's here's the thing is they'll ask me questions like well it's just a little loud or it's it, it, you know it, you know it's just it's just too long or I, I just don't get this whole praise and worship thing and and here's the thing is that it's it's not new to me and it's something that I've grown up with come on I grew up around praise and work. I get asked questions of uh, uh, you know like what do you do for a living on an airplane what do you do for a living I'm a pastor oh you pastor one of them hand raising churches. Come on, you've been, ever, ever been asked, you go to the, one of them hand-raising churches? Yeah, yeah, I pastor, I actually pastor a hand-raising church. And, and, and here's the thing, is that I get that people are confused by that. Why do we do it? I grew up with it, so it's not weird to me, uh, but I understand that you might not have. And so if you don't understand it, I want you to understand the why behind the what. Uh, my dad uh, went to Christ for the Nations Institute. you got to understand, my dad was a dope-smoking hippie. And he got radically saved, and, and, and he, my dad's crazy, and I love him, and he's just one of those. He's fun to be around. In the 70s, he, he, was, he was just, he was wild. He had, he had red hair, and he had a massive afro. Come on. Big red afro. And, uh, and, and he was going to Christ the Nations, and God had done a work in his heart, in his life. And he was just amazed by everything. And he was going home after a, a semester to visit family. And uh, him and my mom were there, and they decided, you know what, it's Sunday, we're going to church. And lucky for them, my dad had just bought a brand new suit. And it was a rust-colored, come on, suede. Rust-colored suede. Come on, this is 78. Rust-colored suede suit i wasn 't even born yet and and he puts on his finest suit, and he 's got this big red afro come on he he fluffs it you got to fluff it, and he 's ready to go to church and and he gets out there and and he gets into this church in in Graham Texas, and everybody's just kind of standing there kind of kind of just you know everybody's singing a little bit, but it, nobody's doing really doing anything and and my dad decides, you know what? I need to show these country folk how to worship, how we worship in Dallas. Come on! And so he decides, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna really let them have it. And so he he lifts both of his hands in the air, and he's worshiping, and he's singing, and and all the family is down this row. I mean, everybody, my mom and and her parents, and and the brothers, and all of the They're all down this row, and my dad's lifting his hands, and he's worshiping, and and he kind of peeks out of the corner of his eye to see, you know if they're impressed. Come on, they ain't never seen worship like this. Are they impressed? And he looks out of the corner of his eye, and they're laughing. I mean, they're laughing, and he goes... That's irreverent. I expected a lot of things, but I'm worshiping God, and you're going to laugh at the way I'm worshiping God, you know? And so he kind of gets on his soapbox and he lifts his hands even a little bit higher. He's like, I'm going to worship. I ain't letting your laughter keep me from worshiping Jesus. Come on. So he lifts his hands a little bit higher and he starts swaying and he's worshiping Jesus with everything he has. And he looks out of the corner of his eye again. And my mom, when she gets to laughing, come on, she starts, she's got tears rolling down her face. And you know how it is when you're in church everything's funnier because you're not supposed to laugh so it's funnier and and so she's got tears rolling down her face and the whole family's laughing and he thinks they're being irreverent he finally goes what and she points out what they've been laughing at because he had a big old price tag come on. From his brand new suit hanging out of his armpit, and he's just worshiping Jesus, and that price tag is swaying back and forth. Here's the thing, is that I grew up with it, that that kind of worship, so it's not weird to me, right? But I understand that it might be weird for you, so I want to give you some reasons why we worship, okay? This is the why behind the what. Number one, we worship because God asked for it. That right there really is it. I could drop mic and leave. Because he is God and you are not. And it he asks for it. God asks for your worship. Come on, the Bible says this that he's seeking those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. That means that God is looking for worshipers and the fact is is that he created us to worship. That's what he's made us for. We we were created for every one of us have that purpose is to worship God. That's what we're here for, right? And and here's the thing is that it might not look like well, you don't understand. Worship and praise to me is different. It doesn't matter what you think it should look like. It's what God thinks it should look like, right? He's the creator of the universe, and he created worship, and whatever he says it should look like, it should go. If that's riding a unicycle, come on, and juggling, and that's what the Bible says, then all of us need to get a unicycle and start taking lessons, come on. Because if that's what God said worship looked like, then that's the way we would worship, right? Are you with me? Let me just show it to you in Scripture. Psalms is the biggest book in the Bible, and its whole focus is worship. Its whole focus. It actually means, Psalms means songs, and it's all songs of just worship and, and just lifting up God, exalting God, glorifying God. Psalms one fifty one through 6. I'm just going to make my case real quick. It says this, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Come on, somebody. that's, That's a stringed instrument. That's not your husband. You're like, oh, I praise God with a lyre. He's sitting right next to me. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. What? Praise him with strings and pipes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Why is worship so loud? Don't just bang the cymbals. Let them babies ring out. Come on. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on, tap your neighbor on your right. Ask them, are you breathing Come on. Now just tell them, I know you're breathing because your breath stink. <laughs> just kidding. See, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And just in case you missed it, praise the Lord. Well, you don't understand. It's just not my style. No, I don't care what you say. God says praise the Lord. Let everything... That has breath. If you're breathing, if you woke up with breath in your lungs, God says, I want you to be praising me. The word praise here, and you can look in any, it doesn't matter where you come from. You can look in any, any Strong's Concordance, and this word means this. I took it, I copied and pasted it. This is what it says. The word is hallel, and it means to shine, hence to make a show. To boast and thus to be clamorously foolish, to rave, to celebrate. Now, here's the thing is that when I read this, and God is saying, This is what I want you to do when you praise. I want you to be clamorously foolish. I want you to celebrate. I want you to rave. I want you to boast. Here's the thing, is that most churches I go into, church looks nothing like that. In fact, this word sounds a lot more like a college football game than it ever did on any church. Come on. You go, you go in you think, how, how come we are so, we, we, we don't care. Come on, how many guys will paint their bellies? Come on. And why in the world is it always the guys that shouldn't be painting them? Like, put a shirt on, dude. They sell them. With the logo on them, you can just buy the shirt. Don't put, don't, but they paint themselves and they yell and they scream and they're clamorously foolish. And here's the deal is that they're doing that and, 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 and they don't have any problem. But when you come into church, you think, oh, that's irreverent. But God says this, praise the Lord, all ye people. Come on, pray, with everything that has breath, I want you to praise God. Here's the deal, is that when we begin to worship and we begin to exalt the king, here's the deal, is that I love the Aggies. Come on. I'm an Aggie fan. You can insert your favorite team in there, and most of us have a Maybe it's the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe it's TU. Whatever it is, you have a favorite team. And whenever I'm watching them on Saturday, I'm yelling at the TV. I'm clapping my hands, and I'm yelling at the TV. I'm saying, go, come on. I'm screaming. I'm trying to tell them what to do. I'm doing all of these things, and all of that is fine. But why would I do that on Saturday for a team that has done nothing for me and not do it for a God who has done everything for me? (laughs) Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. See, I changed, I worship because he asked for it. He says, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. And here's the thing is, if your favorite team likes it, your God likes it. Come on, you know, you know that's what we, we, we talk about how, how rough an atmosphere it is to play at our, come on, at our team. You go, you go to Kyle Field or you go to anywhere else and it's a hard atmosphere and what the team does is they begin to, come on, they begin to lift their hands, they, they try to get the crowd, start yelling a little bit louder, start clapping your hands a little bit louder, start doing this thing. If your team likes it that much, how much more does your God, how much more does your God, Amen second reason why we praise and worship is because we understand that worship changes everything worship changes everything here's the deal is that worship when everything is going good is good and it's easy like I'm, all the bills are paid come on the cars are running good Kids are passing all their classes. Amen. Lord Jesus, help us. Come on. They're behaving like they're supposed to behave. They're not acting like little hellions. Come on. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Everything is going good in life. It's easy to worship. But you know what I found is that the, the best time to worship and the most powerful time to worship is when everything is going wrong. When things aren't going right, when you don't know how you're going to pay that bill, when your kids are your kids, not my kids, they're yours because they're acting like they shouldn't act. When when everything when you're not sure if the car starts to make a funny noise, when everything is going wrong, that's when worship is more powerful than any other time. My son was uh, when whenever he was born, he actually aspirated. And uh, he, which means he had fluid, he got fluid in his lungs. And, and um, th- he became very lethargic and uh, just wouldn't respond. The doctors became very concerned about him and actually came in. They said, that, man, we're so thankful that we didn't send you home because there's no way you would have made it back. He would have passed away. And so we're like, this is serious. And they've got tubes and wires and... All of this stuff hanging out of him. They said, hey, listen, here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to actually have to send him to a better hospital that has a neonatal ICU because we can't, we can't take care of him like he needs to be taken care of. So this ambulance comes down, and they load him up, and there's nurses, and they, they, they even have a doctor there, and they've, they've got, they're, they're taking care of my son, and they're poking and they're prodding on him. And I get in the car, and I'm supposed to follow this. And my little boy's got all these wires, and I don't know what to do. I'm helpless. I got nothing. So the only thing I knew to do is i put on worship. I just put a CD in. Come on, remember CDs? Some of you are like, I'm still on tapes. 8-track, come on. Pop that baby in. But I put a CD in and I and I just we just Crystal and I just held hands and we just worshiped. And here's what's amazing is that when I started the trip, all I could think about was the problems that were going on. All I could think about was the issues all I could think about what was going wrong in my life and what was going wrong with my son and all of that. And and the longer I was in the car and the longer I worshiped and the longer I glorified God, I stopped thinking about my problems and how great my problems were. And I started thinking about how great my God was. See, here, can I tell you something, church, when you get into the midst of an issue and you're overwhelmed and you go, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how it's going to come through. When you begin to lift your hands and you lift your voice, and you begin to worship a God that's greater than your circumstance or your situation or the thing that you're going through, and you begin to lift your voice and say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know this. The Bible says, come on, if God be for me, who can be against me? So I'm going to lift my voice, and I'm going to praise the God who can deliver me out of this mess. But most of us get so focused on our situation. We're so focused on what's wrong. You come in and you go, I ain't worshiping. I got too many issues. I got too many things going wrong in my life. And if you would just begin to get the focus off the problem and onto your God. And understand that worship changes everything. Worship changes everything. But don't just take my word for it. You know, it's not just God that will say that music is powerful. I was reading an article in the Huffington Post, and it says this, music is proven to improve your immune system, reduce pain, prevent anxiety, and alleviate stress. And it's not because science made it that way. It's because God made it that way. And if music is powerful just by itself, what happens when you put the creator of the universe on the inside of it and you begin to lift him up? Worship will change everything. Number number three, we worship for what he's done. We worship him for what he's done. There was one of my good friends, Tim Hall is uh, Australia's leading evangelist, and seen well over a million people saved in his crusades, and he's just, he's a funny character, he's, he's an amazing guy, and a lot of fun to be around, and he was telling me a story, he was, he was doing a crusade, and uh he was at this crusade, and he was preaching, and he was preaching good. And, man, he he thought everything was going well, and everything's good. Man, he's, he's having a good time. And as he's preaching, all of a sudden, this woman comes up to the front at the altar, right about here, and she just starts dancing. I don't know about you, but that disturbs service. Right? So he, he he's like, okay, nobody's going to do anything about it. He kind of looks at this lady, and she's just getting it. And he thinks there's no music, there's nothing going on. So he walks up and he's trying to be polite because you don't want to be a mean preacher, right? And so he says, ma'am, I need you to go sit down. I'm still preaching. I know you're done with my message, but I'm not, I'm not done yet. So please go sit down. And, and uh, she said, no. And keeps dancing. Now then, you're messing with the wrong man because you're being rude. And he says, ma'am, I said go sit down. She looks him straight in the eye and says, no, and keeps dancing. Finally, he goes over to her and he said, I said, ma'am, go sit down in your chair right now. And she said, no, I've been sitting in a wheelchair for 33 years, and Jesus just showed up and healed me. See, here's the thing. We worship Jesus. We worship God for what he's done in our lives. Some of you look at a person who has their hands lifted and tears rolling down their face and you think, what's wrong with them? But can I tell you that it's not what's wrong with them, it's what's right with them because they were addicted and now God has set them free. Come on, their marriage was broken and on the way to divorce and God restored it. Their kids were away from Jesus but God brought them home. Can I tell you, we worship Jesus for what he's done. Some of you are like, well, I'm not addicted. My marriage is doing just fine. The Bible says this, that he that's been forgiven much loves much. And maybe you're sitting there and you go, I don't have a reason to worship, but can I tell you, you've forgotten what Jesus brought you through. That he he took you, a sinner that was messed up, that had issues, that had all these. Now you think you're good enough to earn God's love, but you've never been good enough to earn God's love. So I show up and worship. I've never done drugs in my life, but I was on my way to hell, and Jesus showed up and He rescued me. I am a sinner saved by grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. That's why I worship, because of what he's done for me. I think it's so important for us to begin to realize that God has called us, and he's created us to worship. And what's amazing about worship is it's not just a one-way street. There's, can I give you some practical things of how we start applying this to our lives? Just a couple of things. Are you ready? Number one, we realize that worship is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. Can I just tell you, I I have people that come in and go, well, I don't feel like worshiping. Well, you don't realize that worship is not a feeling. It's a choice. And when you begin to understand, here's here, can I just shock you all real quick? Do you think Crystal and I feel like worshiping every Sunday? I'm gonna even go a little farther. You feel it? Do you think I feel like going to church every Sunday? Oh, you're the pastor, you have to. No, there's some days that bed calls my name, it says just lay a little longer. Come on, you think Candace wants to get up here and sing? I, I sat through this three times. Some of y'all just sat through it once. And here's the thing, is that I realized that worship isn't a feeling, it's a choice. It's not a feeling, it's not, oh well, just waiting on her to sing my jam. Nope, strike one, that's not it. Yeah, I'll lift my hands when you start singing something good, girl. Strike two, that ain't it either. Hmm? And we're waiting on this. Well, I'm just waiting on my song. Can I tell you that none of these are your song? Because last time I checked, you didn't die on a cross for my sins. You weren't raised from the dead. You didn't change my life. None of these are your songs. They're all for his glory. They're all to lift Jesus up. Come in, there's songs that I don't like. I'm not naming any of them. It's not my favorite. But guess what? I worship because I know this. It's a choice. It doesn't matter what my week was like. Doesn't matter what my wife acted like on the way to church, Lord Jesus, I'm praying for her. She gets saved. Doesn't matter what my kids were doing, I'd lift my hands and I'll worship because I know that it's a choice. The second thing we reason why we worship, or the second thing we do to apply this to our lives, I'm sorry, is we worship with everything that we have. Mark 12:30 Jesus said this and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength Last time I checked that's about everything And here's the thing is that I'm not asking you to go from being a sitter in worship that's fine we love you to being a dancer and I'm not asking you to do interpretive dance. Please don't. We will remove you. Interpretive dance is for your house and your house alone. Amen? It's Doug's thing. It's not ours, okay? So, but here's the thing. I'm not asking you to do any of that, but I am asking you, just like we do in this church, is we ask everybody, take one step. What if you take one step? See, here's the thing is one day never happens because we never take one step. So what if we just started taking one step towards God and say, God, well, I'm not sure about all of this and I can't go from this. Some of you, that one step is to stop just mouthing the words and actually start singing the words. Come on, you know who you are. You would win a lip sync battle in a minute. Because words are powerful. And the Bible says to lift your voice, all you people. That means God wants to hear your voice because He gave you your voice. Can you imagine if I walked around and every time I loved on my wife, I just whispered it? Or I didn't whisper it, I just mouthed the words. I don't know what just happened, but no. And some of y'all are coming in to worship, and you're just, the words. God's saying, I can't hear you. What was that? Come on. Come on, begin to sing. Begin to lift your voice. Come on, begin to cry out. Begin to say, God, you're wonderful. God, you're great. And you begin to worship. And you begin, I know you can't sing, but God doesn't care that you can't sing. He doesn't care. He just wants to hear your voice. Some of the greatest worship I've ever heard has come out of a man that can't carry a tune. It's out of a heart of gratitude. God, I know where I was at. I can't sing, but I can declare that you are Lord. Maybe that step for you is just lifting your hand, saying, God, I surrender it to you. surrender my life to you. See, the thing is, is every one of us have a step. Maybe your step is you have both of your hands lifted, but you need to stop looking around at what everybody else is doing. Like my dad. Show these people how to worship. They ain't worshiping. You ain't worshiping either because you're more focused on people than you are on your God. I'm gonna stop that. The last thing, and I'm done, is when you worship, expect God to respond. that's what's so wonderful about our God is that you're coming in to a place and he knows that there's things in your life that haven't gone right. you've had some things that have gone wrong in your life you're broken, you're mourning you're worried, and see here's what's amazing is is when we come into his presence and we expect because we know that he's going to respond God begins we begin to worship him and God begins to go to work on us See because he'll never leave you the way that you came in Every encounter with God is ch- life changing Every time I encounter God it's life changing It might not be immediate a result, like all of a sudden I'm a completely different person. But every time I come into the presence of God, I'm being changed a little by little by little. The Bible says that we're going from glory to glory to glory. I know you're not there yet, but when you come in and worship, the Bible says this, that he'll turn your sorrow into joy. That he'll turn your mourning into dancing. See, here's the thing. Expect God to respond. He's waiting on you to take one step. And when you take a step, he'll make the rest of the journey. He'll come running to you. and He'll minister right where you're at. Amen. Stand on feet. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RC. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.